ラッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッタッtoday we are chatting about sewing self-care we touch on how sewing can be an important part of your self-care routine and also discuss different ways you can exercise sewing self-care on a regular basis we also chat about the term selfish sewing and tips for embracing and enjoying the sewing process also we love you guys yeah go care for yourselves and sew <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Arrow Mountain. Arrow Mountain is like a candy shop for buttons, from tulip buttons to moon cycle buttons, from lightning buttons to rose gold glitter buttons. Find the perfect button at Arrow Mountain to embellish your makes. Arrow Mountain is offering Love to Sew listeners a 15% discount store wide. Go to arrowmountain.com.au and use the coupon code Love to Sew at checkout. Thanks also to Buffy for supporting Love to Sew. Buffy makes bedding that is super comfy and super sustainable. Buffy products are made using only renewable and recycled materials, which makes them as soft on the planet as they are on your bed. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code Love to Sew. And now onto the show. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Helen. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. It is Valentine's week. Ooh. I have to say I'm not a huge Valentine's Day fan, even though I do have someone to Valentine all over. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always found it to be kind of a strange holiday. But I want to tell our listeners how much we do love and appreciate them because it's that time of year. <laughs> yeah, we do love you guys. Thank you all so much for listening to our show. Yeah. And this episode's going to be all about loving yourself, which we thought was appropriate for the season. <laughs> we love those timely episodes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, we have a great piece of feedback here from Kelly to start off. I just wanted to drop you a quick line to express my joy at becoming a new Patreon super fan. For the new year, I switched my artist contribution, which I was happily giving $20 a month. So perhaps you should consider another tier. And I started supporting Love to Sew, and boy, I'm glad I did. I never knew $10 could get me so much. Some of the things that you've mentioned in passing on the show came to life before my eyes in your behind the scenes photos. And you mean to tell me that I get a discount for your stores and a whole new feed of podcasts to listen to while I work? Yes, please. I've supported other artists through Patreon over the years, but I've never gotten so many benefits. Thank you for all your hard work and creating such a beautiful community. I would encourage anyone and everyone who listens to the show to contribute. You get so much for less than lunch at most places these days, and I feel great knowing I'm supporting two strong, independent, and lovely women. Keep up the great work. I'm so excited to see what's in store for us in the new year. Love from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks so much, Kelly. We just had to read that on the show. I know we talk about Patreon a lot, and we certainly don't expect everyone who's listening to support us over there. But if you're able, it can be a really fun place to hang out with other sewists and see what we're up to and get all the benefits that Kelly was talking about. So we'd love to have you. Yeah. And in the last few months, we've really been beefing up what we've been doing over on Patreon. So you'll see several posts a week of behind the scenes photos of Helen and I, super raw, unedited photos <laughs> that Melanie puts up for us and a bonus episode from Melanie, that bonus episode that comes out from us. So there's tons of perks on there. And then that discount code for our stores 
Like we like to say, it pays for itself. <laughs> yeah, I think it does, especially if you buy from Blackbird regularly um, or from Helen's Closet. But, you know, I have a limited number of products. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a great place to hang out. And we love doing our Patreon episodes. They're so much fun. We talk about everything that we're sewing and everything we're up to. And Caroline gives us all her recipe recommendations. <laughs> it's a little more casual and personal. And we get to talk about non-sewing related things as well. Yeah. So I do love doing our Patreon episodes as well. Me too. They're so fun. Oh, well, that's really nice. Thank you so much again, Kelly. Okay, so we have a really great question from Sue. Mm-hmm. Hi, Helen and Caroline. I'm wondering whether it's better to clip curves, such as when you apply a facing to a neckline, with a single snip through the seam allowance, or to make a triangular notch. Is there a reason one would be preferable? Thank you, Sue. Yes, Sue. What a great question. Um, There is definitely a reason why one would be preferable. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so smart to ask this question because often in patterns, it's not explained as to why you would do one or the other. So we clip curves that are concave on the inside and we notch curves that are convex on outside curves. And that can be a little bit hard to visualize, but we'll try and explain it here. And when you say notch, you mean that triangular notch. So you're basically cutting out a little triangle from the fabric instead of just snipping into it. Exactly. Okay, so aside from making the seam allowances more flexible, clipping and notching helps to make those seam allowances lie flat. So once you turn your thing right side out, then you're not going to have that bulkiness or weird pulling happening if you weren't to clip the curves. Yeah, exactly. So with convex curves, there often tends to be some bulky folds, given that the raw edges are longer than the stitching line. Thus, the triangular notching helps with this by removing some of the bulk so the fabric can compress down when you turn it right side out. Mm -hmm. And with concave curves, the raw fabric edges are shorter than the stitching line. So we need to clip in to allow that seam allowance to open up as we turn it right side out. Exactly. I actually did a little illustration about this, and I think it's the Ashton Top pattern explaining which is which. And it has a little drawing with the concave and the convex and what you should do in each situation. And if you ever get hung up on details like that when you're sewing, it can be handy to just have them on like a pin board or something by your machine so you can just easily reference. I have like my metric to centimeter decimal to fraction conversions up on my wall because Lord knows that's a little bit challenging to remember. Um, And it's so handy. You can just look up and be like, oh, I remember. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. We'll have to share that uh, picture somewhere, maybe in the show notes. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, awesome. Okay, let's get to the show. I'm excited to talk about sewing self-care today. Yeah, it is such a recurring theme on our show, and we wanted to dedicate a whole episode to it. Um, We've been doing episodes about sewing selfishly for Mm -hmm. yourself versus sewing for others. We talked about how sewing makes you love yourself. We talked about sewing struggles. We did an episode called Why Do We Sew? Mm -hmm. And sewing as a form of self-care came up in all of those episodes. Um, So this is going to be a continuation of that conversation. Yeah, we often hear sewists talk about how sewing can be a special time for them throughout their day. And in our recent Sewing Spaces episode, a number of you shared that having space to sew has empowered you to take time for yourself to do what you love and how through this you're able to exercise a form of self-care. Yes, and we wanted to put a little bit of a disclaimer at the top here, just to make a note before we get going that sometimes people, our listeners, and 
even ourselves have said that sewing is my therapy mm-hmm. and we've gotten feedback over the years of producing this show and also watching conversations participating in conversations in the community that saying things like this can devalue the real impact of therapy and make it seem like sewing can achieve everything that therapy can but therapy is really hard work and is such a valuable treatment and we want to be clear that sewing can be therapeutic but it's not quite the same thing as therapy Yeah, this came up in our Why Do We Sew episode. We kind of touched on this a little bit. And we want to remind you and continue to encourage you to think about using phrases like sewing is calming for me and sewing provides space for me to be myself. Sewing helps me reflect on what's happening in my life instead of that blanket phrase, sewing is therapy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's talk also about the term selfish sewing. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> Before we get into what sewing self-care can look like, I feel like we should touch on this because the term selfish sewing is often used as a way to convey sewing for yourself or you know just sewing something that you're going to wear and not sewing for other people but it could also be called sewing self-care yeah I think sometimes people just use that interchangeably so selfish sewing sewing self-care that term is pretty popular in the community I see a lot of people use it and even the hashtag selfish sewing on Instagram has over 64,000 posts I know and I think you know what I think often it's used in a kind of a cheeky way, like, hey, I'm selfish sewing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that can be fun and cute. And I'm not saying that you should never use that term. But I think the term selfish does have a negative connotation and meaning. Uh, the definition of selfish is having a lack of consideration for others or being primarily concerned with one's own pleasure, which, you know, might be true when you're sewing for yourself. But maybe there's a better way to express that that doesn't have such a negative connotation. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, this isn't really what we're doing when we're sewing. We're taking the time for ourselves out of our busy days, which may involve work serving others, helping to manage a household. It's not really a selfish thing necessarily. (laughs) No, I mean, taking time for yourself out of a busy day is not selfish. And in many ways, it's necessary because having a space where you can relax and do a practice like sewing not only calms you, but can recharge you so you can show up and be your best self and show up for other people in your life in other ways. Mm -hmm. I also just want to say, like, we're not saying all of these things to make you feel bad about you know, using the term selfish sewing or sewing is my therapy. I think sewing is such a personal thing and you can talk about it however you want to, but we're just like bringing these things up because we get so much feedback from the community and we want to keep that conversation going and just like remind you that there are other perspectives out there. There are other opinions out there. And I think it's important for you to consider that when you're kind of thinking about how you talk about your hobby. Okay, let's get into what our experience has been with sewing as a form of self-care. Yeah, tell me what yours has been like. Well, I've definitely talked on the show before about my need to create (laughs) and my feelings around just wanting so badly to make things with my hands and that's a big part of my life and every once in a while just hits me like a freight train and I'm like oh my god I need to make something and I think that is an important part of who I am and it's an important part of how I express myself and how I calm down oftentimes it hits me when I'm like super busy with other things and I just need to take a moment and step away and make something I 
have a strong pull towards all kinds of making. Sewing's my main squeeze. <laughs> um, but I also love to knit and sketch and weave and embroider. And I found that cooking is also a great way to get in some making vibes when you don't have time to like set up all your crafts and settle into something. Just making dinner, you still get that experience making something with your hands. Uh, and I try to embrace the creative energy when I feel it. And this is something I wasn't really fully aware of until I read Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, which is a fantastic read. But she talks about following the thread of your creative spirit and letting it guide you and don't try to take it for granted and don't try to push it aside and bottle it up. Just follow it. So now when I get the urge to sew, I try to clear my plate to make that happen or the urge to make whatever I have the urge to make. And if I can't, because let's be real, sometimes you just can't, scheduling it for later so that I know that I will have that opportunity and that kind of eases my mind and make sure that I'll have the chance to explore my creative energy later, even if I have to put it off. (laughs) I think that's so important when you feel that urge to create and make something that you honor that and that you kind of follow that. I think it's really important. Yeah. And I like to just, if nothing else, recognize it and take a moment to be like, oh, I really wish I can make something right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be as simple as scheduling it or looking up the pattern of fabric, something that puts you in that like direction of making something. And then when you do go to actually sew or make something, do you find that you feel that satisfaction afterwards where you're like, yes, I've quenched that thirst. I've like sort of, you know, indulged that need to create. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, not every project goes perfectly we all know that sometimes you sit down to sew and you think it's going to be an amazing time and by the end of it you're just frustrated and annoyed and you got to a point where you could try it on and you hate it like been there for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) those feelings are not good feelings but I find even once I get past that and I'm packing up my machine and I'm putting things away and tidying up I still feel that creative satisfaction that like thirst quenching like you talked about and it's still incredibly validating and I feel this huge sense of accomplishment every time I make something and I think I do struggle a little bit with wanting to be productive all the time and I have trouble relaxing (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) um so I I think sewing also helps me with that It, it helps me to feel super productive or knitting as well like I can now relax a little bit more watching TV in the evenings. I'm knitting, so I feel productive. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) But the idea of the going with the flow of creativity, I think, is definitely self-care. And it keeps me from feeling kind of bottled up and trapped and bored, even sad sometimes. So making always lifts my spirits and... It just fills me with such a great sense of achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think following that intuition also helps you to stay in tune with your own like body and your f- mind and your f- feelings. And mm-hmm. it's really important to recognize that because it just helps you to get to know your own self better. Yeah. And that's a huge part of a self-care process is recognizing when you're hungry, recognizing when you're tired, recognizing mm-hmm. when you're not in a good mood, yeah. right? Taking a moment and just looking inwards and thinking, I'm not in a good mood today. Maybe I will stay at home. (laughs) So how do you balance like this whole idea of sewing being your self-care ritual and something that is really important in your life, but you also have a business that is very sewing focused and you have to sew for your business. You're almost forced (laughs) to and you have to make samples for Helen's Closet. So how do you kind of balance that? Do you ever resent sewing? 
I try to save my work sewing for times at work when I really want to be sewing because I do enjoy it so much. But of course, because I do run a business, not all sewing is self-care for me. Sometimes it's just strictly got to get it done. But I do find if I force myself to sew, I'll often end, end up making mistakes or disliking my work or resenting the project altogether, which is not a good feeling. So I do try to do a balance. And I mean, this might surprise some of you, but I probably do most of my work 80 to 90% of it at my computer at my desk. So even though I run a sewing pattern company, I don't sew all the time. I'm mostly doing things on my computer, running the business, making it all happen. So it's a bit of a balance, but I always appreciate those days when I'm like, oh, this afternoon I'm going to make the samples. It's going to be super fun. Put on my jams, you know, have a snack, <laughs> get going and just have a sewing party. <laughs> I think it's interesting, like watching you from the outside in, because I feel like sometimes you get into that creative flow, even with your business, like you'll get really into a new pattern that you're designing and I'll, you know, I'll see you wearing like a new version of it every time I see you. And I, I know that you're just like totally in it and really excited about it. And I feel like even though that's part of your business, it's also sort of feeding that self-care side of you because I think that's really fulfilling for you. Yeah. Hopefully I'm not putting words into your mouth. But. <laughs> no, it's so true. And that design process itch as well because iterating on the design and changing things and making new versions and and wearing them constantly. Mm -hmm. I love to wear the patterns that we're designing because it really helps me recognize what's working and what's not working. So that's why I do wear them all the time. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy that process of iterating and making it amazing. I enjoy watching it. <laughs> it's very inspiring. This episode is brought to you by Arrow Mountain. Arrow Mountain offers quirky one-of-a-kind buttons and other goodies for sewists and makers. All products are made in Melbourne, Australia, and you can find buttons like the adorable origami-style cat buttons and Art Deco-inspired black gold buttons. Arrow Mountain has this super cool, unique wooden sewing gauge, which combines common sewing measurements in both metric and imperial units. Plus the magnetic needle minder for keeping your needle in place while hand sewing and the wooden magnetic pin dish for gathering all your pins in one safe place effortlessly while sewing. I love the look of that one. It's so cute. So cute. They also have a printable project tracker for sewists and knitters. It's a tool that helps keep track of all your works in progress in one place and breaks down projects into small, easy pieces such as gathering materials, assembling patterns, etc. So you have that satisfying feeling of ticking off boxes every time tiny step along the way. Arrow Mountain is offering Love to Sew listeners a 15% discount store-wide. Go to arrowmountain.com.au and use coupon code love to sew at checkout. That's arrowmountain.com.au and coupon code love to sew. All right. What about you? What's your sewing self-care scene like? I'm the same as you in a lot of ways because I feel like I need that creativity in my life to feel fulfilled, but I channel that a little bit differently. I think I channel it into a lot of different things. A lot of the time that's cooking or baking. I really, really love cooking or like a new to me hobby. Sometimes I'll get excited about a new to me hobby. So right now that's pottery. I'm like super into pottery. But of course, sewing is a huge part of that. And even when I'm sewing on a deadline, which I do fairly often, usually self-imposed deadlines, like I'm sewing before a trip, I rarely get stressed out. Like I can remember times where I've pulled like an all-nighter sewing like a dress for a wedding and like it was fun. <laughs> 
I had a great time. It was relaxing. Sewing for me is a meditative thing. It feels like, you know, it's my time for myself and I can just sort of zen out and really enjoy the process, even when I'm trying to do it on a deadline. So I really appreciate that, you know, as part of my sewing practice that I can still have fun with it, even when, you know, it should be stressful. Mm -hmm. But I also see sewing as a self-care practice in the sense that I'm like, honoring my body with clothes that fit physically but also clothes that fit my personal style so it's sort of this like I'm dedicating this time not only to the creative side of it and and the sewing practice the actual like you know, physical sewing, but I'm also dedicating this time to myself because I feel like I deserve to have clothes that fit. I deserve to have clothes that I feel amazing in that I feel like represent my personality and my personal style. And when I'm wearing handmade, it's almost as though I feel cared for and like enveloped by a big hug in the form of my clothes. I don't know if that makes sense or if I sound crazy, but (laughs) it really does like feel amazing to wear stuff that you made for yourself that you like dedicated time to put together just for you. So when I put time and energy and love into making my clothes in a way that's like putting time and energy and love just into myself, right? Mm -hmm. So it's one of the ultimate forms of self-care to me in so many different ways. I really love that perspective. I hadn't actually thought of that when I was typing my answer, but it's so true. The making stuff for yourself and that feeling you get when you wear things that you've made and and in contrast to that, the feeling you don't get when you wear stuff that you haven't made. Yeah. I have a hard time shopping now because I put stuff on that I haven't made. I'm like, I don't know. I feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. There is like a certain magic, especially when, you know, that garment fits and it, it sort of aligns with y- your vision of what it, you wanted it to be. You yeah. know, it's not always magical. But when you get that sweet spot where you're like, I finished this thing. It feels amazing. It looks amazing. It's exactly what I wanted there's there's a magic in that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so self-care is really taking the time to preserve and nurture one's own personal and mental health. And self-care has become really popular in recent years. The term self-care is all over the place. Taking time for yourself, having a self-care day, all that kind of things. It can look like so many different activities like doing yoga, getting your nails done, watching Netflix, doing some running or meditation, or even just getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. important to get enough sleep, guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the Why Do We Sew episode, so many of you wrote in and told us that sewing connects you with others. It connects you with personal values, like living a more sustainable lifestyle, and it helps you to create Zen moments. And that's all, you know, different ways to exercise self-care. So we did talk a little bit about this in the Why Do We Sew episode. Yeah, if you want to follow up. Sewing also helps us to tap into different parts of ourselves, like our creativity, our problem solving, our patience. Exercising these skills is important and can also be super fulfilling. It gives you an opportunity to work areas of your mind that you might not get the opportunity to do at work or at home. So that can just be really fun and cool. Yeah. And for so many of us that love sewing, we see our sewing practice as taking time for me. If sewing is something that you love and brings you joy, it can also very much be seen as a form of self-care. Yeah. So what does sewing self-care actually look like? It could literally just be sitting down at your sewing machine and choosing to sew, even if the project is for someone else. It doesn't have to be 
I'm doing air quotes, selfish (laughs) sewing. (laughs) It can be for anyone, but just that act of sewing can be, you know, really fulfilling and self-care for people. Oh, absolutely. Sewing self-care could also include making a special dream project for yourself, like a coat or a very well-fitted dress or the perfect pair of jeans, whatever that project is for you, taking the time to go through all the steps to make that happen, make it the most amazing version of that project that you can, can be really satisfying for some sewers. Yeah, sewing as a form of self-care can be really whatever you decide to define it as, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think there are different parts of the process that might feel more, you know, self-care like to you than others. Yeah. So if you feel like you need a bit of a sewing self-care moment, choosing something that you know will give you those satisfying vibes. Yeah. Um, So think about things like what part of the sewing process do you like best? For me, one of my favorite parts of sewing is pressing. And I know a lot of other sewists dislike pressing Mm -hmm. but I really really enjoy it I love the steamy iron the satisfaction of flattening things yeah oh my god it's it really does it for me yeah same (laughs) I do like pressing as well I also love top stitching especially on my Bernina machine with my edge stitching foot like when I'm making a pair of jeans and I get to do the visible top stitching and I have my edge stitch foot and it all lines up perfectly it's like so satisfying for me yeah if you have found top stitching frustrating in the past and you have not tried an edge stitching foot total game changer just try it it really does make the process satisfying instead of frustrating so give it a shot yeah definitely (laughs) maybe one kind of project would bring you more joy than another do you have like a type of project that you really enjoy I really love working on outerwear and jackets I've made a lot over the years and I find them to be very satisfying projects because they're more involved and you end up with this thing that in our climate, you're going to be wearing a lot yeah, because <laughs> um, it's rainy and a bit cooler over here on the West Coast. So we wear a lot of jackets of various descriptions. And I like that I can show off a jacket because it's on the outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you? I love jeans. I love sewing jeans. Yeah. I think it's my favorite thing to sew. For yeah, sure. They're super satisfying. I bet a lot of people out there have jeans on their 2020 list. Oh, you got to make those jeans. It's just there's something about pressing that cotton it's so crisp it behaves so well you're getting like I don't know I feel like jeans are one of those things that you wear all the time and when you find a pair of jeans that fits really well that's like the ultimate hug oh the ultimate clothing hug yeah (laughs) every time I put on my Don jeans I feel like a million dollars and I love them so much yeah it's incredibly satisfying and you know what if you're intimidated by things like decorative top stitching you don't have to do that on your jeans like on my popcorn denim dons that I love I just did matching navy regular old thread and they look amazing they look great Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can't even see all my wobbly (laughs) stitches (laughs) this episode is brought to you by Buffy Buffy makes bedding that's super comfy and super sustainable Buffy products are made using only renewable and recycled materials which makes them as soft on the planet as they are on your bed Buffy comforters keep you at the perfect temperature while you sleep so you feel cozy and comfortable without overheating. Sam and I both struggle with overheating when we sleep and our new Buffy comforter is seriously a game changer. We both love how light and cozy it is and we're definitely sleeping better than with our old comforter. The Buffy cloud comforter is softer than cotton and naturally soothes skin. It's made out of eucalyptus which uses 10 times less water than cotton to grow and this ultra breathable fiber is produced using recyclable earth-friendly solvents. 
Yes, and the inside fill of each Buffy comforter is made from 100% recycled water bottles. These bottles are given a second life as a super fluffy fiber. After only one year, Buffy has recycled and reused over 6 million water bottles. They let us both try their comforters and we are smitten. Buffy offers a free trial, so you can try it for yourself. If you don't love it, return it at no cost. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code love to sew. That's Buffy.co promo code love to sew for $20 off. Do you get more joy from sewing for yourself or for others? Uh, for myself, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But when we did the Can You Sew This For Me episode, we got lots of feedback from people saying that they love sewing for other people. And I know a lot of sewists that, you know, only sew for their daughters or granddaughters or their nephews and nieces. I mean, mm -hmm. they just love sewing for their family and friends. And that brings them so much joy. And I think that can be a huge boost when you're sewing. Yeah. You might want to also think about what fabrics you find pleasing to work with. And if you're really striving for that self-care sewing, moment choose a fabric that you love working with and that you know is going to be a winner yeah for me that's linen all the way I love sewing with linen I love the way it looks after it's been washed I just it's just the most pleasing fabric to me I also love how quickly knits come together like any kind of knit project whether it's a pair of leggings or a quick t-shirt or like a little pullover sweater I love sewing with knits because I can have a garment finished in a couple of hours and that is like amazing yeah that is truly satisfaction right there yeah <laughs> I also love sewing with cotton because it presses so beautifully we did an episode all about cotton talked about how wonderful it was to work with especially if you're a beginner and of course wool I mentioned enjoying sewing outerwear and wool is a big part of outerwear sewing and it's also very satisfying to work with and press and cut especially wool melton there's just not a a little fabric fray to be seen anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's all just perfect and crisp and amazing. Very satisfying. Totally. <laughs> I feel like I'm gushing a lot in this episode. <laughs> Guys, I'm totally normal. We love sewing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? It's in the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And of course, what kind of sewing fulfills you? Let's answer that question. Yeah. So I think both simple and creative and complex sewing fulfills me. So it really depends <laughs> on my mood. <laughs> What? So all kinds of stuff. Yes. Specifically, what kind of sewing the hell is? I don't know. Sometimes I like a quick and simple project. Yeah. And sometimes I like a refashion made out of eight different garments put into one crazy mashup. Both of those things can be incredibly self-carry and satisfying. I feel like you also really love hacking patterns yes that's true that is really satisfying yeah yeah but I think actually the part that I enjoy about hacking patterns the most is showing other people how to do it mm -hmm. like I enjoy making it for myself but I really like making the blog post to go along with that that has all the details in it and then sharing it online and seeing other people try it out and knowing that I've encouraged some people to step outside their comfort zone and make a change to a pattern that they wouldn't have normally attempted and teaching other people how to like take charge of their sewing mm -hmm. is the part about that that I find really satisfying. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. I also love simple projects. I think that's probably, even though I said sewing jeans is my favorite <laughs> item to sew, which is not that simple, I feel like I get the most excitement 
and satisfaction from those like quick, easy projects that I can finish in just a few hours and then wear the next day. I'm like yeah. a quick instant gratification kind of person. The wearing it the next day is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So think about whether or not you enjoy things that are complicated or simple and what actually is going to give you the maximum satisfaction, maximum enjoyment. If again, you're looking for a sewing self-care time. Yeah. I feel like it could also be like a specific process of sewing. Like let's say for you, self-care is brewing a cup of tea and then sitting on the couch with your cat and hand sewing a hem, you know, like it can be not just sewing, but like a whole sort of like series of activities that include sewing that feels really fulfilling to you. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think it reminds me of in our sewing careers episode when I was talking about how sometimes I struggle to just settle in and enjoy the work. Mm -hmm. And I sit down at my desk and like my cold office and I don't make tea and I don't put on music and I'm like all tense and just like trying to do my work. And then halfway through, I realize that I'm freezing and that like I've been like holding my breath for like (laughs) half an hour. (laughs) Not really, but like just being tense and not really just settling in and and making a space that is enjoyable to be in. So that can be a big part of your sewing self-care routine as well is to set up your space nicely and I think in our sewing spaces episode you talked about that as well like mm-hmm. getting setting your mood yes setting the mood getting your Netflix going or your podcast turned on or whatever it is you like to do when you're sewing maybe it's silence that's yeah. cool too mm-hmm. so that you can get maximum enjoyment definitely <laughs> <laughs> we loved Meg made sewing she shared on Instagram a little while back her self-care sewing tips and we wanted to read those out because we really loved them. We thought they resonated a lot with us. Mm -hmm. Um, So she recommends the following. If you keep a list of sewing ideas, make one of the items that keeps getting pushed back from... Oh, I get it. Okay. If you keep a list of sewing ideas, make one of the items that keeps getting pushed back for more practical items. I like this. One of those things on your list that you really want to make, but maybe you're just like a little intimidated by the processes involved or you're scared to cut into that beautiful fabric that you got for it because you don't want to ruin it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should just go for that. And instead of making another t-shirt or whatever, you know, practical things are on the list as well. Go for that fancier or more challenging item. Yeah. She also says, sew something in a color you love, but have been hesitant to try. I think that's a really interesting tip. It's like the ultimate indulgence. You're like, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but I'm going to do it anyways, just to try it out. Right. What's a color that you're attracted to that you don't wear or have never really considered wearing? So you might know this about me, but I'm not a big fan of purple or I haven't in the past been a big fan of purple, (laughs) but there's this kind of raisiny color that I've been seeing a lot lately and we've been buying for Blackbird. It's sort of like a dark, deep purple with like a little bit of brown in it. And Mm -hmm. I, a few years ago would have been like, no, I'm not wearing that. (laughs) But now I'm like, yeah. I think I need to try that color out. Yeah, I, de- I could totally see that color on you. Mm-hmm. I have some of your wash linen in that color and I'm really excited yeah. to make a pair of pants with it. Yeah. I think for me, one color that I'm always attracted to is like a really bright, like chartreuse, yellowy green. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's such a beautiful color. Yeah, no, it totally it is. Just, every time I see it, my eyes like go wide. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that color is so beautiful. 
I legit think it would look terrible on me. It's just like perfectly illustrates like the difference in our personal styles is like, I'm like, I want to go for like the deep, dark, earthy purple. And you're like, chartreuse. (laughs) Um, I do think it would look terrible on me, but I don't know that for sure because I've never owned a garment in that color. It's true. And really like if it makes you happy to wear it, that's true. What your skin looks like. So what I think. I don't know if my patchy red skin is going to look nice with chartreuse, but we'll see. Ooh, I like this next tip from Meg. Uh, try sewing some lingerie. Lingerie? Lingerie? What do people say? Lingerie? Lingerie. Lingerie. <laughs> lingerie. It's lingerie. Lingerie. In French, it's lingerie, okay? Oh, okay. Well, I stand corrected. Um, it's easier than you think and might put some pep in your step. I have a confession to make. What? <laughs> I still haven't made handmade undies. Like, I mean, I've made them in the past, but I've literally had a pile of undies cut out for like two months that I keep being like, I need to make undies. I need to make undies. And you've been like, just go buy undies. And I'm like, I will not buy undies. (laughs) But I feel like once I finally make this like stack of new undies, I'm going to be so happy and feel so cared for by myself Yes, <laughs> because you know it's necessary it's That's been a few true. years since I've made handmade undies oh I know I have a few in my drawer that are a little sad yeah a little sad <laughs> uh, but it is really a, the ultimate garment for yourself personally right it's just for you yeah the world is not going to be seeing your undies so it's kind of nice to have that really special moment underneath all your other clothes yeah and it's not just underwear you can also make a bra or a bralette Mm -hmm. we just released some beautiful bra making kits at blackbird we still have a bunch in stock and they're just so gorgeous so i'm like dying to pick up some cool some cool kits and make some bras for myself again it's been a while and bra making can be very satisfying a lot of little pieces but when they start coming together and you're working with the lace and you're putting the hardware on it feels so legit Mm -hmm. it's like amazing form of sewing Um, and you don't have to jump right into underwire bras like you said a bralette it's actually fairly straightforward. They can be the Geordie bralette from um, Emerald Aaron is particularly simple, just an elastic band with a triangle cup and super satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Meg's next tip is to make a garment you've been wanting, but have been waiting to sew until your body looks a certain way. You deserve to wear beautiful things now. Uh, this is so true. Yes, absolutely. There's no point in waiting until you gain or lose weight to make something that you really want. Just make it in your size now. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And maybe you'll be able to alter it or give it to a friend if and at one point it doesn't fit you. That's okay. Yeah. Okay, her next tip is to make a plan to sew a certain amount of time per week. If making time for your hobby is a challenge, moving it to the top of your priorities prioritizes you. Ooh, that's a good one. I heard on a podcast recently, it might have been Marie Forleo's podcast, but she was talking about writing down your priorities at the beginning of the day. So so you don't get kind of lost in what's happening during the day, waking up and Putting pen to paper can be a really great way to just solidify what's going on in your mind and actually put it out there. So she talked about writing down your priorities. So maybe sewing could be at the top of your priority list or at least up there with, you know, your family, caring for yourself, all these things that we know that 
are the most important things, but then we get wrapped up in thinking that all of these other things are more important than the really big things in life. Yeah, I really like that idea. And scheduling it into your calendar, if you use a calendar for your week, like actually putting it in there as an appointment, it's harder to avoid when you can see it right in front of you when you look at your calendar every day. Yeah, ideally a shared calendar so that other people in your life know it's happening too, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. That you will not be disturbed during your sewing time. Or you can do a Brittany J. Jones kind of style and just schedule a certain time of day where you're going to sew for 30 minutes. And that can be a recurring thing that happens every day. And again, your friends and family can be aware of that so that you can actually get that time in there. Mm-hmm. And work on a project you've been scared to tackle. Show yourself that you can do hard things. That is really good advice. It can be a bit of a hurdle too. If you have big goals for your sewing practice and you're not getting started on any other projects because you promised yourself you were going to do this really challenging one, Mm -hmm. but you haven't jumped in yet. Remember, there's lots of steps in the sewing process. So it doesn't have to be so daunting as sew jeans. The first step on that list is get jeans pattern. Yeah. (laughs) Cut out size. Get fabric, right? There's all these little steps that need to happen before the actual sewing. So just get started. Yeah. I always love that pep talk from you where (laughs) you're like, just break it down into manageable steps. Don't think about the finished product. Just think about each individual step and you will get there eventually. Oh, totally. I do that with sewing instruction booklets too. I'm like very tempted to, you know, skip ahead and try to figure out why I'm doing this stuff so I can what's going to happen later. And sometimes that can be really valuable, but other times it can just be really daunting Mm. and just focus on the step that you're on now, because chances are it's just sewing a seam, edge stitching something, top stitching something. I mean, really how complex is sewing, right? You're probably just sewing a seam. Yeah. You just have to trust the process. (laughs) Trust the process. (laughs) All right. So we want to hear from you this week. How is sewing a form of self-care for you? Or maybe sewing is not a form of self-care and you're just rolling your eyes through this episode. (laughs) That's fine too. We want to hear from you. Let's keep that conversation going on Instagram. Tag us on social media. Send us a DM, voicemail, email. We'll read your feedback in a future episode. We love hearing from you guys. Yes, we really do. And we hope you make some time this week to sew. Yeah. Thanks to Arrow Mountain for supporting Love to Sew. Visit Arrow Mountain today to discover fun, interesting buttons and sewing notions. Love to Sew listeners get a 15% discount store-wide. Go to arrowmountain.com.au and use coupon code Love to Sew at checkout. That's it for today's episode of Love to Sew. You can find me, Helen, at helensclosetpatterns.com and Caroline at blackbirdfabrics.com. We're recording today in rainy and cold Vancouver, Canada. You can get in touch with us and get links for everything we talked about in this episode at lovetosewpodcast.com. If you are enjoying the show and you want to help us out and get all those perks that Kelly mentioned at the top of the show, you can support us on Patreon. Contribute $5 or more a month and you'll get access to our bonus episode feed. Contribute $10 or more a month and get a 15% discount code for both of our shops and a bonus mini episode from Melanie. Go to patreon.com slash love to sew for more info. Thanks to our amazing podcast team. We love you, Sam Humphrey and Melanie Brister. (laughs) And thank you all so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, I'm really a lot of... (laughs) Okay. Sorry I asked. (laughs) Let me start over.